0: Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you guys about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge down to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Now let's jump into the show.
1: This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. We're crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Charlie' That was a one-on-two. Now Jost. McKinnon! The best avalanche coverage in Denver. Go, oh, Hey, rubber wow. Man,
0: you welcome in. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. I'm your host, Jesse Montano. I am joined alongside the man who wears the pants on this beat, AJ Hayfley. AJ, we just talked last night, so I know how you're doing. Mm -hmm. We talked right before we started the show. I know how you're doing. Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell the people out there how you're doing? I'm good, man. I I bought kitchenware today. There you go. I'd never, I've would never,
1: i never in my life, because I've always lived with roommates who had it. Oh, nice. Uh, and I was just like, okay, well, I guess that's just something I don't have to buy. So I bought my first ever uh, sets of, like,
0: pots and pans. I need to interrupt you to confess something to you. Okay. I saw a tweet yesterday from you that said, yeah, I'm going to go buy my first, first ever kitchenware. And my first thought was, holy smokes, AJ's never owned kitchenware? But now that you... S- Explain how it's just been because of roommates. That makes so much more sense. And I'm judging you way less. Oh,
1: yeah. I've just, I've never had, <laughs> I've never had to. And uh, since I moved to Colorado, I've only ever lived with roommates. I've never lived on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, you know, it it was just like one of those things where it was like, oh, well, we've reached that time.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, I, I cooked dinner the other day. I, um, I, I, I made Pad Thai from scratch. Mm-hmm. And uh, P.S. Delicious. If anybody wants the recipe, hit me up. I've got it. Might just do that. Hannah loves
0: pad Thai. It's,
1: it's it was a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> like, of course, because I made the sauce myself, and like it was straight up from scratch. So um, it was good though. Like it it was really good. But yeah, I um I did not I did not have all of the proper uh, kitchen utensils that I normally would have. So I was like, okay. And so uh today after practice, that's what I did As I was running around and I was getting uh, I was gonna have mani petty day and then I decided <laughs> that I was just gonna go to the store and I was gonna buy uh all new stuff. I bought the uh that microphone I was showing you. Yep. Uh the one nice. that's gonna attach to my desk, the new one. Yeah. I oh yeah, that.
0: yeah. Yep, yep, yep.
1: So um fresh new microphone should not 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 that we get a lot of complaints about the audio quality anymore, but mm-hmm. it was time to upgrade.
0: Yeah.
1: Um bought a uh bought a new uh monitor because the second monitor that I've been using was only ever as a like like a trial monitor. Yeah. I I was just gonna try it just because I had never used two monitors before and I was like, oh we'll just see how this works.
0: You'll never go back.
1: It, yeah, no, pretty much. Never we'll never go back. So um I bought a, a second monitor that is truly worthy of being on my desk. <laughs> um, and then um, send me a
0: snap of that later. Cause I'm picturing something ridiculous and huge. It's,
1: it's not. No, see, that's funny is because uh, I was talking, I was talking to the girlfriend the other day and she couldn't believe that I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't want like a 27 inch, like large monitor. I didn't want something really big. I, for me, it stops at about 24, 25. Um, just because I, I have trouble focusing, um, on everything with a monitor that gets that big cause I sit really close to it when I game. Mm. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's what I did. I basically just spent money today. <laughs> I, uh, that's I, that's what I did yesterday. Just upgraded, uh,
0: some things that needed upgrading in life. Two days ago. Saturday. Yeah, man. I, it was one of those things I, I spent way too much money, but, I was talking to my my mother yesterday. I told her I was like, I spent way too much money, but it was all stuff I needed and that I had been meaning to buy for the last several months. So Yeah. Well, it sucks to spend the money, but if you get what you need, it's all worth it. Which is hopefully the theme of the Avs offseason. Uh AJ, I'm going to adjust the rundown. You gave me slightly as you and I were uh, looking for a segment three. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and push back your segments one and two. Cool. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about this game. That's coming up tomorrow. Small roster change. They add AJ Greer. We just had the conversation yesterday about, Hey, let the Eagles have their moment. Uh, They pull up arguably their best player right now. The very next day. Is this a Hail Mary? Hey, we got to try to get in. We're short one forward. Uh, pull the best guy and see how tomorrow goes and then reassess from there. Is that what we're looking at? Um,
1: I don't think so. Uh, I think that, you know, Bednar mentioned guys were banged up during today's presser. And that was one of the reasons they played seven defensemen. Mm-hmm. So I think. I think this is just a um, the they've been you know losing. I can't believe I'm going to say this, um, but the depth problems showed when uh, the loss of Matt Nieto had a had a, a worse uh, effect on the forward group than we expected.
0: Um, Isn't that interesting?
1: That trickle down on... effect, you know.
0: Yeah, and and it's ju- it's so funny because we talk about. Or, you know, what What has been the theme of this season? Oh, no depth, one-line team. But no one has mentioned that the loss of Kamenev ended up being much bigger than people thought. Colin Wilson went down for a number of weeks, and that ended up being bigger than people thought. Now Matt Nieto out. Again, these are all guys that people complain about. Yeah. But you look at who their replacements are, and it's like, oh, I miss Matt Nieto suddenly. <laughs> Yeah, And it's just it's funny to me that that with the conversation having been so depth oriented all season, what you could maybe argue led to to sinking the abs, obviously, in addition to the goaltending. Yeah, uh, was was their depth injuries just piled up too Mm -hmm. high at times for them to be able to get over.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's fair. Um, It wasn't that they lost they just they just didn't have room to lose guys uh mm-hmm. that that played meaningful roles, and that's you know that's a problem for and that's a problem for everybody you know it's it's not it's it's not like they're the only team out there you know it, it wasn't like they were like Arizona who lost key guys and are only just now getting to play with their the, the roster they wanted coming into the season mm-hmm. and even even that they're playing their backup goalie. <laughs> Right, right. So you know, it's but it's 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 just that they didn't have guys in place to adjust once they lost guys from certain roles. Like, there's no replacing a Landeskog. No team can do that. Right. But it's it's way more damning of the depth that was on hand and the depth that that they had acquired and built up that. They could not they have not adequately replaced Vladislav Kamenev nope as your as your fourth line center, and like look, I think we all feel that Kamenev probably has a little bit more in the tank uh than just a fourth line center mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's <clears throat> that's what his role
0: was, right I say he he even. Forget what, what you hope he might become, what you think he might be able to become. Yeah. He was he was a legitimate fourth line center this year that, that maybe had a little bit higher upside and you lost that. And that's a yeah. legitimate NHL player or what was looking like a legitimate NHL player that you yeah. suddenly had to replace with a tweener. Right. Well, and then and, and like
1: as much as I actually think that they might have had, they might have really found something in Sheldon Drys. Um, because I, I do think there's something there, but I think he's been out of position all year and, and being forced to play the center spot has done him no favors. Mm-hmm. Um, like I would take Sheldon drives 10 times out of 10 over Gabe Bork, for example. Right. So, you know, they both, they both kill penalties and one has a little bit of offensive upside.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so on, on the game really fast tomorrow, we'll jump to our first break here. We expect to see AJ Greer in the lineup. Maybe. What? What? Uh, what does this kid have to do, man? Jared um, Bednar said that he still needs to see more consistency in his game. Is that it? Yeah. Is that all we're waiting on out of AJ Greer just bring it every night? I I
1: think um a there there needs to be a certain mentality that he understands. Uh, shift to shift, he has to be, he has to play a certain role for the avalanche that, you know, when I, when I went and talked to him in Loveland after his last emotion, uh, he basically, you know, he said, you know, I didn't get very many puck touches when I was with them. And that made it hard at times for me to adjust. Um, when it was time to get it, I wasn't as into the game as I, as I could have been. And that right there, like from his own mouth that tells you, you know, that, that there were, we were, we all have been like, Oh, well, his upside is higher than anybody else they have. uh, So he should be playing without a, without a doubt, 100%. Right. But there was also the reality that he just wasn't, he just was not quite providing the level that he needed every night. You know, like when, when one or two games so clearly stand out from the rest that tells yeah. you there's inconsistency. So I, I think that's it. Like you have to appeal like for better or worse, you know what you're getting with it with uh, Gabe Bork every single shift. Mm-hmm. And that's the devil that, you know, and that's his value. That's literally why coaches play guys like uh, Gabe Bork or Cody McLeod or Tanner Glass. You know, these guys that if you look at all the metrics, you look at all the underlines and everybody can say this guy is not a good player. Like this is this dude is a baddie, Mm -hmm. you know, like and it's not that the coaches are unaware of that. It's that they also they know who those guys are every single shift. And that's what level? Right. And that is going to have value to a guy that's coaching the game and he's not and he's not sitting there like, okay, I'm gonna tap this guy on the shoulder and he's gonna go out there and I have no idea what I'm gonna get. Right. I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping because I've seen some good, I'm hoping I get that, but I've also seen some bad. And we're hoping to not get that. <laughs> But I've seen I've seen a little bit of each, and so I don't really know what's what what's coming. I don't know what I'm facing. Uh so you know, and from the coach's perspective, like if you put yourself in the in his shoes, that makes a lot of sense from that. But, you know, for me, ultimately, I mean that's not that's not good enough. Not when the talent gap is is that obvious to me. Right. Um b- But like I, you know, I get it. So it is he should be in the lineup he should play um that's that's that he should play and the i I wouldn't even mind if they did what they did last and they went with the 7d lineup again and they just they just rotated the fourth line center between the top three the minutes the minutes made sense it gave more opportunities to guys a guy like jost who got uh, a couple of shifts down there with the fourth line and and he was playing well so why not, you know, why not give him the extra shift every, every three or
0: four shifts? Yeah, I agree. Let's uh, with all that, <clears throat> let's go ahead and jump to our first break. When we come back, we will be talking about whatever it was AJ texted me about. And I don't remember. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back.
2: Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years
1: ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have Preferred people to Piper and Piper to them.
2: From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs.
1: They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with the circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really they have become a one-stop shop for all of our
2: needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303 646 or go to PiperElectric.com.
0: Second segment here, segment number two, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage, Jesse Montano. <laughs> <Two>. and, <yeah. laughs> and a giggly AJ Hayfley uh, here to not only talk abs hockey, but remind you guys about some game-changing game, cha- game changing coffee. That's right. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives And you guys already know how I'm going to describe their reviews. Have you checked them out yet? They are incredible. This CBD infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pains, arthritis, IBS, and it has even helped decrease anxiety. CBD is all natural and non-psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we could not recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout and get it shipped straight to your door. AJ, I mentioned at the end of the last segment. I couldn't remember what we were going to talk about. This segment, I was just so excited about uh, our boy AJ Greer, your namesake. But you're wanting to get back into the goaltending discussion again. What's on your mind, sir? Uh, well, I
1: just think that this is this is the cru- one of the 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 most important things that they're going to decide upon that will. Put a, you know, put the the ceiling on
0: uh, how good the abs are the next few years. So let's turn the clocks back a little less than a year. You and I are in Dallas. We are getting ready to leave our Airbnb and um, some random cable company guys came in and said, hey, you have to wait here because we have to do work on this rental and you have to be here. So as we're awkwardly standing in the living room, (laughs) it was so weird. Yeah. Just because we were like, "Uh, we're staying in an Airbnb. Like, oh, yeah, that's whatever. We have to dig a hole in this closet. (laughs) Yeah. All right. right. I'm assuming you're actually with a cable company and not just some ex-boyfriend seeking revenge. (laughs) Um, Yeah, right. And and you looked at me and you said, AD's texting me. The Avs are in on something. And I, I'm worried it's Grubauer. What was <laughs> Joe Sakic's mindset on that day? Before we talk to him, we'll get into what what he said to you and I here in a minute. Uh, last June, what was the mindset heading into into this situation at the Avs right now, putting a Varley Grubauer one-two point punch out there?
1: Uh, it was. Oh my god, Andrew Hammond played playoff games for us. It was our season ended because Andrew Hammond all of a sudden couldn't stop pucks. You know, like and mm-hmm. it's it's not that's unfair because it wasn't like he was the sole reason, you know. They they got beat down in game 6 last year. And he mm-hmm. obviously stole game 5 for them. Oh, dude, um, that was so awesome. Yeah, it was it was great, but also like three of the goals against were so... So leaky and not good, which yeah. which which really kind of put the the sad cap on the uh, the Hamburglar story. But anyway, we hey we got to live it for one night. It was we a got lot to of, live it for one night, <clears throat> and it was it was cool seeing all the people showing up to Game Six in like Hamburglar costumes and mm-hmm. all that. like it was a, it was. I look back on it fondly, but I can yeah. see why management didn't.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you know they they their goal was to obviously upgrade and they had varley uh, under contract for another year and so they were kind of have their cake and eat it too uh with the going out and getting grubauer and not having to touch the nhl roster to do it um all it cost was a just the single second round pick and uh some cap space so that's you know that's a, a pretty fair deal for a guy that that you think could start games for you long term, um, and may you know we we still haven't like we talked about on yesterday's show we still don't know uh, right. if if that's the case or not. But I just it's just that they they wanted two starting caliber goaltenders. They wanted to beef up the goaltending as much as they can, and you know it. The 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 harsh irony is that that's what failed them this year. If if they do ultimately miss the postseason, um, that's the number one culprit.
0: And what do you do now? How do you handle it? Well, I mean, do, that, do you do you do you roll it back out? And I know we've talked about it a lot. It's probably starting to sound a lot like the Broncos' quarterback situation. But but you're at a place where it's the worst case scenario. It's what I believe you and I even talked about it from that that humid Airbnb we had in Dallas the night the the trade happened, where we said, "What if the worst case scenario plays out and both guys come out and play the exact same?" You yeah. can't hand it over to Grubauer. You can't say you're comfortable with Varley. How do you handle this? Cuz can you bring them both back as 50-50 guys next year? You sold Grubauer on, "Hey, you're the guy of the future."
1: Yeah. Um I mean I I think personally that that's a death no. Um but it's also like bringing both back, both guys back next year, it's to me it's the safest thing that they can do. Uh, mm. both, you know, they're comfortable with both guys, they know both guys. Um, they feel like they can get better out of both guys because both have shown better in their careers over over extended track records. You know, I mean, Grubauer had 100 games played coming into the season. So it wasn't like, you know, it it wasn't like this dude is in his second or third year, you know, like mm-hmm. he's he's been in the NHL for a while now. Um, and then obviously Varley's been your guy for the better part of a decade. So, right. you know, it's, I think it would just be a total familiarity thing. And it would be, uh, again, it would be knowing the devil that you do, uh, that, that you're comfortable with and, and the backup goaltender market is always very, very sketchy, mm-hmm. you know, like John Bernier was one of the better backups last year. And we talked about this yesterday that, you know, he's not had the greatest of seasons granted behind a really terrible team but not the greatest of seasons and getting a good backup is almost like getting, you know, lightning in a bottle. You know, they look at, look at the Islanders this year. You know, they, they walked into the season with a duo of Thomas Grice and Robin Leonard. And they, that, that was just pure question marks. Mm -hmm. And they've gotten almost identical years out of them. Same thing in Boston, Yarrow Halak signs to be the backup there performs way over those expectations. And next thing you know, you know, Yara halak has been one of, had one of the best backup seasons uh in in the NHL. So it's bringing back, running back these two. Um, obviously the downside is you probably lose Pavel Francis, because why would Francis stay and play for the Eagles again? Right. There's gotta be somebody out there, right? Like somebody out there, the willing to, give him a shot a legit NHL shot. If you mm-hmm. have Varley and Grubauer in net, he's not getting that shot. It's going mm-hmm. to take an injury and it's going to take something else because they had the they had the perfect time to play uh Francis this year and better didn't do it. Opted not to. Yeah. Um so it's you know and and the funny thing is like the I'm uh, not particularly funny because it cost them games, but uh, Francis ended up playing in, in the two games he played in were two games. He should have started anyway. Right. Right. And it was just that he had to go in there and try and bail them out of those games. And it, the, the cruelest part is that he, what, he gave up one goal in each of them and he ended up being 0 and 2 on the season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. the, it, the app it... came back in those games. And he played he played really well. Yeah, the game in Arizona, I was in Arizona covering it, and he should have started that game. Uh the reasoning uh that, that Bedner played him will always be total nonsense to me. I didn't buy it when he when he fed me the fed me the nonsense while I was there, standing right in front of him. I, I don't buy it now. Um It was garbage. It was terrible reasoning. It was fear. It was he he made a lineup decision out of fear that day and it cost them a game because he was awesome against Arizona and the the it wasn't like the coyotes played lights out that game the avs just you know grubauer didn't play well and uh the avs the offense did not kick in until way too late and then the world's weakest wrist shot from the point beat them yeah So, you know, it's
0: so, so is, is, now. let me ask you this. Is your best case in that, in, in that case is your best scenario. We're going to go with Grubauer, hope it works out. And Pavel Franz is going to be the backup and you just close your eyes and, and, and hope for the best. Is that how you keep your goaltending depth? Legitimate. Um, I mean
1: maybe um i'm I'm so the big question if you go with Grubauer and Suze next year the the uncertainty you face is who's your third goalie
0: right mm-hmm. uh I mean because you always like your third goalie you talking your goalie about, doesn't matter you're 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 talking about your third n NHL goalie not necessarily we can just give the Starting job in in Loveland to Spencer Martin. You're talking about yeah. if there's a if there's an injury on your NHL roster, who's who can come up and you feel comfortable with?
1: Right, and because you don't feel like that's Spencer Martin, um, you mm. don't, and and you want to know like who's who's the guy? Um, because are you asking me? Because I don't know. No, 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 no. that's <laughs> that's the, that's the question mark. That's no, what I you don't. leave yourself susceptible to. Now, if you go with Varley and Grubauer, you still have the same question, Um, but you have um, a higher upside of of knowing, like that the two guys you have in the NHL, you know that you could ride either one of them as a starter for a length of time if you need to, Mm -hmm. and not necessarily true of Franzus. So, and and then you know that's where you know the 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 abs have been connected to Kale Morris. The uh the junior goaltender for Notre Dame, I don't I don't know if that's a real thing or not. I just know that they've been they they've had a conversation or two before. Um, and then obviously Adam Warner would be coming over from Sweden to sign his ELC is something I think will happen. Um, but he's he would be in your first his first year in North America. Like he he's your backup for the Eagles next year. Mm-hmm. You know that's he's the backup, and then you need a starter and you move on from Martin. Um, so that's that's the position you would get in if you go with uh, Grubauer and Fran Suze, is that you have a big question mark at backup because Fran Suze has limited NHL time, and then you'd have to figure out who your third guy is uh, as your AHL starter and go from there too. So it's, like I said yesterday, There, are, I don't know that there's a best-case scenario here. Um, every single scenario that you lay out has a significant upside and a significant downside. Uh, The the abs are in a weird position and they, just because they don't have a rock solid answer in reliable answer in net right now, uh, you know, it's, it's fair to just wonder, you know, and, and say, Hey, what's, what's going on? We just don't know what the answer at this position is.
0: And uh, I think it'll stay that way at least until we get some clarity on Varley's situation. So there's hey. no point in us. Well, go ahead. Even even then, uh, say say Varley comes back. But but I but I think that'll be kind of your next point of of clarity. Because if if he's not coming back, then you can say then you can move your attention to Pavel Franseus. What are they going to do with him? You found something. Are you going to let him go? Did you let him just get a free trial for everyone else? But if Varley is coming back, then then to your point, yeah, you can probably pretty safely say, uh, you know, Francis is gone. So I think that Varley domino is obviously got to be the first one to fall. And then we go mm-hmm. from there.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, the Varley decision obviously is the linchpin of the whole thing. For sure. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see about all that. But um, either way, that's not a position that will be settled going in next, like a year from now. Fast forward to March 18th, 2020. And we'll have an idea of has this question been answered?
0: Mm -hmm. Hopefully it's
1: yes.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, let's uh, let's keep on moving then. And when we come back, we all know about the big three. But what about the little three? Is it time to be concerned? This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back.
2: When it comes to insurance, sometimes you never really realize how important it can be until you actually need it. Well, here at BSN Denver, we recommend Farmers Agent Bryce Babcock to all of our listeners as one of the most trusted and reliable agents in the metro area.
1: If I was a customer, looking for a new agency, I would recommend Bryce because his agency, hands down, is the fastest people I've ever dealt with to get information back to you.
2: That was David. He's been a client of Bryce's for over three years now. I used to
1: have my homeowner's insurance with another farmer's agency that never really followed up, never followed up on the price. My price was actually dropped by almost 20 to 30 percent, switching over to Bryce, even with the same company. And like I said, his follow-up is awesome. He guarantees you at least a one time a your follow-up that he will sit back and review your file with you.
2: Like David mentioned, Bryce guarantees that type of communication because he understands how important it is to be relatable and accessible.
1: He's a great person to not only be your agent, but he's a great person to be your friend as well.
2: If you're interested in making the switch to Bryce Babcock for your life, home, business, or auto insurance, be sure to call 303-996-6509 and mention BSN.
0: The biggest benefits of CBD are are cognitive, are neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of
1: the most common situations that that people are taking it are for pain.
2: That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinal, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com.
0: Segment number three here, the third and final segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast, which is always presented by Total Beverage. Jesse, I almost said Jesse Total Beverage. Jesse Montano and AJ Hayfley here. Talking abs. As always, I mentioned at the end of the last segment, everyone. Everyone knows the big three. Everyone loves the big three. I mentioned the little three. I wonder which of you knew who I was talking about. I'm talking about the roommates. Tyson Jost, Alexander Kerfoot, and JT Comfer. AJ, this. These three have, have kind of been the face of the next wave, right? Them, and then once they added Sam Gerrard, that was kind of like, all right, here's the kids. Here's the kids. Here's that next group. You're going to, after your core, this is that next group. Uh, I think, you know, like like we said last night, Sam Gerrard has played a legitimate top-pairing role all year as a 20-year-old. I don't think anyone other than AD has been disappointed by, by him. Has he been, did he take... A step into elite stardom this year? No. Were any of us expecting him to, other than AD? I wasn't. Um, I wanted to see
1: more of a step forward on offense, but what we've gotten is still I'm I'm still pleased with his overall progression.
0: I agree. Um the other three though, Tyson Jose, Alexander Kerfoot, JT Comfort. JT Comfort has turned in a solid year. Uh you know, there's – you can't be overly disappointed with the year that JT Comfort has had given the expectations, uh, but I think he's the only one that that holds true for, both Alexander Kerfoot and Tyson Jost. I think it's safe to say this was a bit of a, a letdown for them.
1: Yeah. I mean, how else, how else do you say it? I mean, uh, that. That that trio, and it sucks because uh, two of those guys started out on fire to start the year. You know, mm-hmm. through through what was it, 30, 35 games, Kerfoot was on pace for like a 65-point season.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, JT Comfer had the injury early on, but was like just was on fire out. out of the gate. Like just crazy. He had such a good start and it's it's disappointing um that the big step next big step hasn't been taken by any of them and I mean with jost obviously highest expectations highest ceiling, biggest uh, disappointment because um,
0: of all that
1: because of yeah, all that, yeah, yeah, and you see the way that he's played down the stretch uh after after the time he spent in the a h l and for me, I'm like I've never been more excited about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I've never, I've never been more, um, more confident that he's going to be a quality, um, a quality NHL player.
0: You can see it in there. I think this is the first time I can say comfortably. All right, I can see it in a game. The dude has come out to – I mean, he came out to training camp this year, and, and you and I were almost having to, like, hold each other on the ground. We were so excited about him. Because, I mean, it was just – I mean, he looked fantastic. And, and it's one of those things where even knowing how the year went, you look back at that – at the way he was going in training camp, and that – What's what sucks so much about it is that excitement was totally justified at the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, he looked great, man. I mean, everybody everybody there I couldn't find a person who hadn't already made up their mind about him as a player who wasn't wasn't watching training camp and was like was was down on Jost mm-hmm. on what they
0: what they were seeing out of him. He just looked different, man. So so where do you go from here? Are these similar to the, the goalie situation? Now you're kind of stepping back and you're saying, all right, well, n- now we're we're already kind of moving on to that next wave of youth. And you forget because they came in the league all at the same time. Alexander Kerfoot's going to be 25 next year. Yeah. And I believe JT Confer is a year behind him. And so, you know, those guys are, already getting up there. Yes, they're in their second year of, of the NHL. I guess JT Comfort technically is third. Um, can you expect much more progression out of them or is, is Alexander Kerfoot a 40-point middle six guy and and JT Comfort a, a, a nice penalty killer? Um, is JT Comfort exactly what we thought he might be?
1: Um... So here's the problem that they face. Okay. Because Jost is still in the same exact position at the start of the season. Highest ceiling, biggest hope, by far the youngest of them. Um, the guy that you, you really hope takes a serious step forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then with Confer, I think you can, you can say, with Confer, I feel comfortable saying, this is your most versatile of the three. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that can play anywhere from lines two to four and be effective for you. He can chip in some offense for you. He can play on your penalty kill. He can play on your power play. Uh, He's going to be a a unique piece for you that can give you a little bit of everything. He's an all situations guy, uh, but we also know he's not a top flight guy. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And offensively, I think we see him disappear often enough from games that we say, you know, okay, we're, we're comfortable now with the idea that he is a middle six guy at best. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that, you know, if he had not gotten hurt this year, he'd be on pace for, um, a four, I think a 46 point season, Mm -hmm. which is perfectly respectable. Like that is just fine. Like guys, guys who, Score 46 points are going to, uh some of those guys are going to make some pretty big money in free agency. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, it, there's nothing wrong with that. But when you, when you project forward and you look at the abs forwards moving, moving on in the next couple of years, you know, Martin Kout's coming, right. You know, Shane Bowers is on the way. Um, Obviously, there's a there's two first round picks this year that could very very easily be forwards. Right. We don't know how high they're going to be. We don't. You know. I don't. I think it's safe to say you'll get one high end forward out of that those two picks.
0: Mm-hmm. And, Especially depending if the if the Avs finish in the top ten, if the Avs end up with two top ten picks. Yeah. Y- y- you you have to get one high end forward out of that. How about that? If, yeah. If you're the abs, you have to. You can't miss on both of those. Right. Um, so, you
1: know, you're looking at it and you're like, okay, well, you know, you go and you you spend big money on a UFA. You know, we'll, we'll just use Michael Furland as the guy because he's my personal favorite. This is my show, so I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um. So they spend big money. They bring in Michael Furland. He's the top. He's the second line guy for you. Um, so you you know, next year when you're looking for, you still have Carl Soderberg for another year. You know, at that point, the hardest guy to place on your roster becomes Kerfoot. He's shown he's shown success at center, he's shown success at wing, but it's too limited in both. He's shown an ability to score power play points. Um, you know, he he had 17 power play points last year, he has 12 this year. He's on pace to be right at about the forty three points that he scored last year um obviously the the pace has slowed down for him uh i I believe he's scoreless in his last seven mm-hmm. and so that's that's tough but like the process has gotten better I mean you look at Kerfoot and jost playing next to each other with jost at center and their line has been destroying the last couple of games against Jersey and and Anaheim. You know, they did and they, they held their own against Carolina. They tore it up against Buffalo. So, you know, they, they're showing they're, they're moving forward. They're showing a lot of good things. But for me, I feel like Kerfoot's upside is the lowest we've seen. uh, And in the two years now, we've seen that then given his age, you know, given that he will be 25 at the start of next season, his upside is the lowest of those guys. And he's the least versatile in that he's not good de- He's not good enough defensively to give him any kind of a defensive role.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So how do you fit that guy in? On a good team, on a good team with good forward depth. You know, you've got the abs top line, those top three guys in some some combination, and then not even necessarily just together. And then in this scenario, let's assume that they get one guy out of the draft this year. Even if they pick third or fourth, let's just assume that guy makes the NHL roster. Just to make this easy for me. Right. You know, you have that guy there. Then you have Jost there. Then you have the free agent there. In this case, it was Ferland. So, you know, where, does, where is Kerfoot all of a sudden fitting into that? You know, and then you have Shane Bowers also. And you still have Vladislav Kamenev. You know, and and between Bowers and Kamenev, you have two guys who are going to be good defensive centers in the NHL. So they're right there. They're going to have an advantage versatility-wise over a guy like Kerfoot.
0: Is Kerfoot maybe a guy you can take into the offseason and say, hey, 30 other teams, I got this nice, shiny, 40-point guy. Who's only, I mean, and that's that's where you sell him on the
1: upside. He's only 25 years old. Um, you know, he will have put together a 43 point year and then whatever he finishes this year, he's a 34 right now. So let's, let's just say forty two 40 point seasons mm-hmm. that would obviously assume a strong finish from him, but whatever. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, a couple of 40 point seasons, not a, uh, flipping back to the devils for a first round pick. Flipping back to the Devils for Will Butcher.
0: Yeah, <laughs> could you imagine? That would be incredible. That would be so funny.
1: Oh, uh, that would be a good time. Um, but no, like that's that's where you you maybe look at them. You know, you I mean, the Devils is a team that would make sense just because they they need the offense. Uh-huh. You know, and and you say, okay, well, maybe they can get more out of it. The Devils also make sense because they have a thousand draft picks. Uh-huh. So it's like, hey, maybe you know, maybe maybe you can get something else. Um, maybe you can get a nice a nice pick. Maybe you can get the pick that you gave up for Derek Brassard. Yeah, you know, and and it's not that I want to move on from Kerfoot. I just when you look at the lineup and you project it moving forward, where does he fit? JT yep. Confer is going to be here. He fits. He <clears> makes <throat> sense. Now he might be a guy you end up losing in expansion uh, to Seattle, depending on what that looks like. If you have to protect four defensemen instead of. Uh, going seven forwards and and three D, um, but you know it's it's the, the Kerfoot's the guy that I just feel
0: is the odd man out at this point. Well, it's kind of like the whole Tyson Berry situation. That's a good. It's a, he's a good player. In an ideal situation, do you want to move on from a guy like that? No, of course not. But when you put all the puzzle pieces together, is his one that's going to fit into a Stanley Cup team? And with all the names that you're throwing out there, you look at an Alexander Kerfoot and you say it's not that he's not a good player. It's not that there is an upside there. It's not that you don't like the hockey IQ and the vision and you know he's got some speed. It's not that you don't like all those things. But you could possibly have better, and by holding on to him, you might be taking away a roster spot. So if you can get something for him, that might be the better thing for your organization. Am I am I, am I getting that pretty close? Right. It's it, it's that
1: when you're building a forward core moving forward, you can see clear paths for Jost and Comper. Although Jost is certainly more muddled right now than Comper's.
0: hmm uh-huh. Give me a final thought for today, AJ.
1: Uh, talk to Joe's today. Uh, I'll have the, uh, he's good. He's good. Um, some stuff we'll talk about post season that, um, I won't get into during the year, but, um, it was, into, I, I talked to him and he, he said he, he feels better than he ever has as a, as an NHL player. Uh, feels, feels more comfortable. feels like he's playing with the right mindset, loves the way that he's, uh, he's getting it done. Um thinks that uh, thinks he's feeling good, so oh, good. That uh, that interview will be up in the morning. I was saving it for a morning skate story tomorrow, since we won't actually be in Minnesota. Well, this will be posted tomorrow, so yeah. So people to be up. Yeah, people, people. Uh, depending on which one they get to first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't read it, go read it. If you've already read it. Hope you enjoyed it. I think that's going to be, I think that's going to do it for us today. Uh, Good sir. I will uh, see you tomorrow at the watch party. AJ, I'm planning on seeing everyone who's listening. Mm -hmm. All several thousand of you. I expect you guys all to be listening, uh, for real we, we, we are recording this a day early so we can make sure to get this up in the morning for your commute and your day at work, your day at the gym, whatever, but also so that you have enough time to call your husband, wife, son, daughter, aunt, uncle, uh, friend, girlfriend, boyfriend, uh, six month old baby, whoever you need to get a hold of to let them know that you're going to the BSN avalanche watch party at the ice house tavern on Tuesday night at six o'clock to watch the Avs take on the Minnesota wild. We're giving you enough time to let them know. Go to BSN denver.com. You can find the link, uh, RSVP from there, or just go to any of our Twitter feeds, including the BSN avalanche avalanche Twitter feed. And you'll find the link on there as well. We really hope to see you guys, uh, more ticket giveaways, and just just an overall good time. There's only a handful of these games left, so come watch one of the. Uh, you know, we're coming down the home stretch here. You're in the last ten. Come watch one of the last ten with with a lot of other Avs fans. It's always a good time. Mention that you are there with BSN Denver, and your first course banquet is on the house. Doesn't get much better than that. For AJ Hafley and Adrian Dater, I am Jesse Montano. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you guys tomorrow.